Hey guys, welcome to Retro Media Talk Podcast. Today we got on the line Bonsai. Yeah, Steve Lego's on. <laughs> Steve. <laughs> Steve Lego and uh, and I am Steve Montgomery, and we're gonna cover a film that is very close and personal to me. It's uh, one of my favorite films. Anyway, the film we're gonna cover today is Brandon Lee's The Crow. This is a film that uh, was released in 1994 and almost did not see the light of day due to the tragic uh, death of Brandon Lee on the set. They almost shelved it, uh, but thanks to uh, Brandon Lee's um, fiance and mother and uh, I believe sister, they all pulled together and, and really wanted them to finish the film in Brandon Lee's honor. He was born in 1965, February 1st, 1965, and he tragically died at 28, March 31st, 1993. So the film was released a year later. And it's just a, it's amazing that this film actually was released. I, I think anybody that, that watches it will just be blown away if you've never seen it but let's go ahead and uh, give a synopsis of the film so people uh, who haven't seen it will know really what it's about before we get started so basically it's a poetic guitarist eric draven is brought back to life by a crow a year after he and his fiance are murdered the crow guides him through the land of the living and leads him to his killers knife thrower tin tin drug addict, fun boy, car buff, T-bird, and the unsophisticated skank. One by one, Eric gives these thugs a taste of their own medicine. However, their leader, Top Dollar, a world-class crime lord who will dispatch his enemies with a Japanese sword and joke about it later, will soon learn the legend of the crow and the secret to the vigilante's invincibility. Uh, basically, it's 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 from a comic book, and it's a perfect you know revenge film. And actually, James O'Barr, who wrote the comic book, he wrote it because his I, th I think it was his fiance got killed by a drunk driver, and to deal with his pain, he created the Crow comic book. And that, that's what started it all. So, Steve, when was the first time you saw The Crow? Did you see it in the theaters? I, I didn't see it in the theater, but I did uh, I did see it. Um, it had to be uh, late 94, maybe early 95. I, I remember I ordered it on pay-per-view when you, when you would do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, pay-per-view. So I saw it on opening night. Uh, with a friend of mine named Matt Dameron, and I think we had a couple other friends with us, but I, I don't remember who. When um, we heard about this film being made, we were so pumped up about it. When we got the news that the accident happened, I mean, it was just like, it was devastating. Do you remember hearing the news when, when it broke? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I remember it, and... Um that's probably the the main reason that I even heard of the movie because I hadn't really heard um, 
about the crow uh the comic book at the point at that point and i didn't even know they were making a movie obviously about it but then of course when he got killed on the set then you know all of the all of the theories back about how his dad got killed you know they were like well, maybe it was related to you know his father's death you know with the chinese mafia or whatever yeah. you know so there was all those rumors swirling around which actually you know probably drew a lot of attention to the movie that maybe people would not have went and saw it i mean if he would have lived right would the movie have been as popular as it is today well i know brandon was signed up to do two more films the sequels i don't even watch <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're horrible yeah he was signed up and he was so proud of this character and he was so proud of the of the film that he was making and it's just it's so weird and so eerie because if you go into the special features and listen to his interviews he's talking about you know you don't know when you're going to die and blah 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 yes. and it's so eerie when he's talking about this film he's talking about death and all this stuff it just it sends chills down your spine and the fact is they were almost done filming it when this tragedy happened one thing when i remember this happening and we went on opening night and by the time the lights came on it was a packed theater but i had tears in my eyes i really did but there were so many rumors like this is where he he got shot this is where he got shot you know there's yeah. so many rumors like you know when he stood on that table and they're all shooting shooting him um you know just yeah. you know <laughs> hundreds of times <laughs> That was always the thing that I heard where he died, but it wasn't. They no. didn't even show, they never showed the part when he actually got shot. That was all, that was, that was all removed. The police had took that footage. Uh, there's talk that the footage got destroyed, whatever. But it was actually in the scene where he comes in uh and and his fiance's you know being attacked by the thugs he comes in and then fun boy yes the, uh michael massey he actually shoots one shot and hits brandon now when i was reading the crow book a very excellent book by bridget bias i guess the story behind the film they go in detail about what happened and the investigation and how messed up Michael Massey was because there was different things. There were, you know, Michael Massey was given direction. Now, don't point the gun directly at Brandon, just, you know, because they were filming at an angle, so you didn't really have to point it directly at him. It was off sight, you know. That's what they usually do in movies. They. You know, it looks like it's pointed to him, but it's right. off to the side, just in case, right? But what happened was uh, there was a part of a bullet fragment that got stuck in there. And Alex Proyas, the director, wanted a full-blown blank. So they had to put a lot of gunpowder in there, a full charge, because he wanted smoke coming out of the barrel and, and uh, a re good recoil shot. Uh -huh. So if it wasn't a full charge, that that it wouldn't have gave so much power to 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 uh, shoot that uh, fragment. So what happened was when they when they shot that scene, it just happened to be, you know, the perfect tragedy. 
Like it, you know, he wasn't supposed to point it at, at Brandon, yeah. but he did, and it it hit him. And when he he was supposed to fall forward, but he sp- fell backwards. And they were like, "Oh, Brandon's just, you know, he's he's just acting, you know, he's, you know, he laid there for a little bit before they realized something was wrong. When they f- did discover something was wrong, they thought maybe the squib had had knocked the air out of him or something. Yeah. Uh, but then they they saw a little entrance little cut in his shirt and then they realized but but they didn't know and what was happening was this fragment had just had cut through like the organs or something and he was suffering a lot of internal bleeding and oh man it dude it was just it was crazy reading this story they they all went to the hospital the cast i don't know why i'm going over his death right now but i guess I guess I guess we might as well just get it out of the way. They stopped the bleeding and fixed his aorta. Aorta. Gosh, I can't even speak. <laughs> aorta. Yes. And um but he was still not doing good. And uh I'm not exactly sure how long he was still alive, but I believe his fiance got there. Uh one of the the sound guy was a very uh religious guy. And uh, they asked him to, to lead him in prayer. And uh, I guess the whole cast, or most of the cast that was there, they were praying. And then some people even went to a chapel and stayed there. So, they, I mean, it, was, it became a very spiritual thing, trying to uh, save Brandon's you know, life. So when I was reading all this, I, you know, it... it um, it gave me tears, you know. I was like, "Wow!" I mean, this was this was a powerful film, you know. It has a. There were some other, you know, kind of tragedies that happened on set too. But to know that he died making this film, you realize, um, you know, our number can be up any time, right? And it, and to and to enjoy life and to to do what you can. Um, to make it more positive every way, which way you can be, before your number's up. And, and it just happened to be this movie was going to be his last movie. And it's it's nuts. Did you see any of Brandon Lee's previous films? Because he was only in a, a few. I, I saw Rapid Fire. Rapid Fire, exactly. The, I love that film. And the reason I love that film, it's just a good action flick. Do you remember the la- the song in the credits? No, I haven't seen that movie in so long. Well, that was the first time I heard Hardline. Remember Hardline? Yes. You know Hardline. Yeah, there were actually two songs from Hardline on Rapid Fire. It was Can't Find My Way and I'll Be There from their Double Eclipse debut album. I'll Be There was in the end credits and Can't Find My Way was a ballad track that was actually in the love scene in Rapid Fire. So there were two awesome songs from Hardline that uh, were on Rapid Fire. I think it's a great film. But then he was in Showdown in Little Tokyo with Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, I never saw that one. Yeah, that was a, that, that was a fun movie. Um, and then there was Laser Mission, which I've never seen. That was a like a B-rated movie. I have, I, you know what? I have seen that one. I got it like on a, uh, in a budget bin. Uh, oh, DVD you did budget bin. Yeah, yeah. I've got it floating around somewhere. But yeah, it was wasn't filmed very well. Yeah, and uh, it was pretty. It was pretty cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet, man. But isn't it weird though that 
what did Bruce Lee died at 33 maybe did, uh, I'm thinking and he died at 28 um, that's just weird so close together uh, yeah wasn't it 33 well let me see here I guess I could uh, I, I want to see yeah I, I want to say you're right 32. 32. Wow. It's just amazing, man. Both guys, though. I mean, yeah, Bruce Lee. He wasn't in very many films, you know, really. Who, Bruce? He, yeah, he wasn't in that. Oh, Bruce, many. Bruce was, in, well, I mean, he was I in mean, a Amer- lot of. American films, you know. Right, right. Because, you know, when Bruce Lee died, there was talk that the Chinese mafia had him killed. Yeah. There was also the rumors that. He was in a fight uh, to defend uh, his right to teach to white people, and that guy gave him one of those secret, like, you know, kung fu touches. Yeah, right. That would basically, well, it would would cause you to, like, have organ failure or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like one of those touch punches. So they, you know, there was all embroiled, embroiled in that, that it had his death wasn't just because he smoked some hash or something right. or marijuana, that, you know, the, the, the Chinese mafia, you know, had something to do with it. And then, you know, when Brandon died, people were, you know, the rumor was that, that they, you know, they had something to do with his death just as, you know, as extra measure for him going against them. Because when you look at the details, right, there was a piece of the f- bullet fragment lodged in the gun. Somebody should have checked that, right? But somehow it got overlooked, and then he gets killed on set. You know, they, they did a police investigation, and um, what, with the police investigation, they basically said it was negligence, right? But was the, were yeah. the police going to determine it was a plot by the Chinese mafia to kill Brandley? That, that was never going to... That was never going to be said, even if it was. I mean, how are you going to prove something like that? Right. So it was always going to come out as negligence or or something to that effect. But um, there was, I guess there was a bunch of accidents, too. Yeah, there were. That, that happened on, you know, on the set prior to that. Mm-hmm. And so people were saying that the film had a curse, curse because, of, yeah. uh, because of what Bruce Lee had done, you know, in his life. So, you know, it, it's pretty crazy. Um, for sure. I mean, when I was looking at Bruce Lee's movies, because I only I have like five of them in a set or whatever. So here here's a list. All right, um, Enter the Dragon, which is probably his most that was his like breakthrough yeah. in America. Yes. Yeah. Then there was Fist of Fury. Awesome. The Way of the Dragon. Uh, the Orphan. I don't even know what that is. Never heard of it. That's 1960. The Big Boss. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. This one's in a different language. An orphan tragedy, I guess it's supposed to say. Marlowe, Game of Death, another one. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. The Green and, Hornet. Yeah, he was in the Green Hornet yeah. a TV series. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So going back to The Crow. Um, yes. Alex Proyas. I, I thought he... It's... It's so amazing that they got everything right in this film to me. I like the way they took out they took out all the greens and the and the different um, colors and pretty much left it was 
you know, black and the reds were really vibrant. Um, cause I like that whole Gothic look. Right. And I, I don't think th- this guy did everything right to make a Gothic film. The way the, uh, everything was shot. I did not know when I was listening to the audio, audio commentary fresh on my, my, uh, self up with the crow instead of watching the whole movie, you know, like as many times as I have, I, I listened to the audio commentary by the director, and he stated that there was they didn't use CGI in the movie except for maybe his like the wounds healing. Remember when they they healed yeah. itself? Uh-huh. And I, but I was always I always heard they use CGI to to uh, for his face and stuff like where they the scenes they had to finish well from what i i remember seeing it behind the scenes and all the scenes that they had to finish um the either the either a used they they took him digitally out of another scene and reused that scene or they always had an actor where he was like looking down or his hair's hanging on his face yeah and so you wouldn't see it but i, I don't think they ever did anything with uh, like putting his face on another actor. Yeah, so I think that was all rumors. The scene where the girl, uh, I forget her name, uh, Sarah, Sarah comes walking in the the old apartment, you know, and she's talking, tr- trying to, you know. Yeah, that's not Brandon Lee. But yeah, you're right. That was uh, finished without Brandon, and that must have been hard for that young girl to do after that whole de- ordeal. Of him dying, she has to go into this, uh, you know, old apartment and finish a scene calling out his name and all this stuff. And it's just got to be a psychologically hard thing to do. I don't know if I could do it, man. This It'd be hard. But, yeah, I guess if you think, look, I'm doing this for Brandon, maybe that fixes it psychologically. But, um, you know, you were, uh, you were mentioning about... Uh you know the the look of the movie and i was thinking about i was thinking about it the other day too is that they get murdered at nighttime and on devil's night right yeah and then um basically the movie starts out uh, you know after the murder and stuff then it starts out the night before devil's night and then it goes on to devil's night so the whole movie is shot at night. There's no there's no daytime at all in the yeah, movie. Right. Yeah, it's uh I mean it's it's set it's supposed to be set in Detroit and Devil's it Night like, It looked like it, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And Devil Devil's Night was a thing in Detroit where they burned down, you know, burned buildings and all that stuff. So it was a real thing. And then they cracked down later, but yeah, it was a it was a real thing uh, in Detroit where they would start fires and vandalize everywhere on the night before Halloween. Uh, so that's where that came from. Now the one thing that was changed in the comic book, it said that the crow was a handyman or something. Like Eric Draven was a handyman. Uh, he wasn't a musician. So Alex Proyas changed that. He wanted him to be a guitarist. And I was like, dude, that's brilliant. Because I can't see Eric Draven being a handyman. The look of Brandon, 
he was a rock star. Yeah, he looked like a rock star. So yeah, I thought that was a great change. You know, he's a guitar. Well, it definitely made it more interesting. That's for sure. You yeah, know what I mean. Yeah, and but it would have it would have it would have worked. You know. Yeah, I just like the look of Brandon. You know, like you know the long hair, the the uh, the clown makeup. Just it just it just fits so perfectly. But I think it would be. One thing he said in there in the audio commentary, he wanted this to be a rock-driven soundtrack. Well, yeah, that, that for sure. And I was thinking that as well. I mean, the movie would not have been the same without this soundtrack, you know. And, and even the score. Came, yeah, for sure, for sure. And you know the, the the actual musical acts they had on there. I don't like a lot of them because it was that era. In time where music was in a transition and all right. this alternative grunge nonsense was was coming into play, yeah. but it worked with the movie. It, yeah. it really did, you know. Even with the uh, the Trent Reznor, the, the Stone Temple Pilots song. Thrill what kill, I didn't what kill. I didn't know is that there was a Pantera song. I know. Yeah, there was a Pantera. I never knew that. Yeah, and uh, I've got the soundtrack too because um, I was never a, a Cure fan. Uh, but I love that song, Burn. It fits perfectly for with for with that movie. Alex is a rocker. I mean, he likes rock heavy music. And he liked the industrial type of metal that was coming uh -huh. out. So that's kind of, he thought that fit with the whole goth scene. And uh, it did. I mean, totally. Yeah. Um, and then what was the... Uh, the other thing Graham Revell did the score and that is by far one of my favorite soundtracks just something about Graham Revell's score with the drums and everything it was just just that eerie um, eeriness to it but it but it had so much rhythm and uh yeah I I think between the soundtrack and the score it was perfection yeah, they did a hell of a job with uh, with getting that right. And one thing I didn't realize when I was listening to the audio, audio commentary also, dude, is they used a lot of miniatures and a lot of, you know, models and stuff. Uh -huh. So that city and stuff, a lot of that is miniature. Like the helicopter was a model. Uh, all this stuff I was finding out, I was like, you got to be kidding me. So Because it, so, it was so low budget because they didn't have the budget for all this big stuff. So it was cool to find all this stuff out. It's it's amazing what they did. And some of the sets that they did, you could tell that they were sets, but it it made it just fit with the movie regardless. You know what I mean? It just yeah. it it just it fit even though you knew it was like a set like the the cemetery. Yeah. You know, on the top when they're fighting yeah, you know, you can tell that's a set, but it just it just kind of fit with the feel of the movie. Yeah, it does. Yeah, let's talk about uh, what Alex Proyas also directed. Me and you are both fans of his second film that came out after The Crow in nineteen ninety eight. It came out uh, Dark City. Yes. And that, the only reason I want to bring that up is because Dark City was dark. And he admits in the commentary where he loves, like, dark cities at night. 
So, right. he, so, so he, uh, uh, so yeah, it fits. But he also did, um, which I've never seen it. Gods of Egypt is his latest f- film. I don't know if that's even any good. But yeah, it, uh, it wasn't bad. It, it was. Wasn't it wasn't. It, it was uh, the guy from Game of Thrones mm-hmm. and um, uh, the guy from Three Hundred. Oh, I was looking on here. Yeah, I saw those guys in it, and uh, I was looking on there, and he was nominated a Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Picture and Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Direct Director. <laughs> Can you believe that? But in Dark City, he was nominated for a Saturn Award for Best Director and a Saturn Award for Best Writing. And he also won a couple other awards on Dark City. And he was oh, uh, awarded a Saturn Award for Best Director in... Oh, he's nominated, I guess, uh, for The Crow. Oh, he did iRobot? Is that right? I didn't, I didn't, know, he, I, I didn't, I didn't know, know he did that one. I wasn't a big fan of that. Oh, yeah, he did direct that. Okay, all right. But... um. I did like that movie, though. All right, moving on. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the people they were discussing casting before Brandon was brought up. The one was Christian Slater, which I think would not have worked. Um, they were thinking about casting, get this one, John Bon Jovi. <laughs> now, now, I don't know if it was the guitar thing. I don't know, but that was a very odd choice. And then the other one, which may, one, uh, Johnny yeah, Depp. Yep, Johnny Depp, which may have worked. I don't know. I mean, he had the look, but I don't know. Yeah, but nah. but but nothing nothing would 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 have been better than than Brandon, in my opinion. No, I mean, you know, it was the right pick. You needed somebody that you know uh, kind of had some athleticism. You know, had some. You know, obviously he had some martial arts background. So for these fight scenes, it looked it looked really good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Prior to this movie, he actually used to be a fight choreographer for other movies. So. Oh yeah, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. So he, he um, you know, so he he knew how to do it. Okay, so Alex Proyas, I believe that's how you say his name, but he filmed a lot of music videos before this so that so you know when you're watching the film there's a lot of flashes and a lot of you know it's really a modern look you know but there's a lot of a lot of video type of um fast takes and stuff you know like flashes and it almost looks like uh you know like almost like a music video in parts you know so he had a lot of experience with rock videos and different things like that so that's i thought that added a a cool look to it films are always i guess filmed out of sequence which i think would make it hard to keep track of everything but it was i mean it was good in this case though it was excellent yeah in this case but (laughs) but it's just weird how do you keep track of everything he was talking about that too because you know you got to keep track of like really meticulous things that's probably why there's a lot of mistakes in movies you know because you know if if, uh i think he said there was like you know maybe 20 or more jackets if you're putting that trench coat on you know near the beginning but uh, you had shot a scene 
where he gets all shot up, you got to make sure you're not using the coat where it's got shot up, you know, first. Right. So it's, it, 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 to me, that would be a lot of complications. I don't know why, more, you know, films aren't shot in sequence. I think that would make it more easy. Well, I think they pay somebody literally uh, to keep track of all that stuff. Yeah, they do it because of scheduling, scheduling. with people yeah. and locations and different things like that. So right. they that's why they do it. So it's, I mean, it makes sense probably money-wise for the studios. Yeah. And uh, did you know where it was filmed? It was filmed in, like, North Carolina yeah. or something? Yeah. 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 I didn't know that. I was surprised. I was like, wow, yeah, you, that's it, weird. I think back then, and possibly still today, but like a lot of those states, like North Carolina and like Georgia, they they have like big um, tax perks. breaks. Yeah. yeah, for production companies to go film there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they because they want to get they want to get like industry kind of going in their state so they give movie companies you know just like back in the 90s everything was big to be filmed in canada yeah right well there's a lot of tv shows like cw shows and stuff like that were shot in canada like yes smallville that was shot in canada supernatural it doesn't really matter anymore you know what i mean like like we had some we had some big uh movies come down and film in cleveland but it's like yeah they don't need to do that anymore. You know, I mean, the, the way movie magic is now, you, you don't really need. <laughs> yeah, true. You, you, you can film a movie anywhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brandon Lee's death was investigated by the North Carolina Occupational Safety and Health Administration. They decided to find Crow Vision, uh, 84000 the largest fine ever levied in the administration's history, the penalty included seventy thousand for having live ammunition on the set, seven thousand for not checking the gun before it was fired, and another seven thousand for the gun being aimed directly at Brandon. Crow Vision appealed the fine, and ultimately it was reduced to fifty-five thousand. Uh, once the police have had decided that there would be no prosecution, Crow Vision settled the civil lawsuit which Linda Lee Caldwell which would have been Bruce Lee's wife um, or you know former wife Brandon, Brandon's mother I guess I should say right. uh, <laughs> had brought against the production after two days of negotiation a confidential but substantial sum was paid in full settlement of Brandon's death well <laughs> you can you can bet there was some money paid. I heard fan. it was. Like, I heard it was like three million. Three million? That's it. Gosh. Yeah. Well, you know, same thing. I mean, is eighty four thousand? I mean, they didn't even pay that. Was that enough for their negligence? Not even. No, that that seems like a drop in the bucket. I mean, yeah, and, the, and then they appeal it. Like, I mean, that's that's pretty shitty on their part when you think about it. Yeah, you're, appeal you're it? responsible for killing somebody, and then you're going to appeal it because eighty four thousand. I mean, you drop millions and millions and millions to make a movie, and you're complaining about an eighty four thousand dollar fine. I mean, that's. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I wonder what that movie now has made. It had a gross. It had to gross like a huge amount. Okay, here it is. It 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 grossed 
94 million. It also goes 94 million on a 23 million budget and attained a strong cult following. Well, we know that. Um, right. So we don't know we don't know how much it grossed. That was just box office, 94 million. So I guarantee you with the DVD and Blu-ray sales it it's you know, it's grossed a lot, which I am surprised though there hasn't been like some kind of you know, big special I mean that the, the DVD has a special I guess it was collector's set or collector's edition. I'm surprised they haven't like did some kind of director's cut or or something uh you know extended with a lot more special features you know that that i'm really surprised they haven't because i mean some of these movies man they just keep pumping out new additions you know but the crow has been pretty steady at just just what was on the dvd and it just got you know whatever's on the dvd got transferred to the blu-ray nothing extra i don't think yeah i mean they might just they might not have anything else you don't got your DVD close to you. No, nah, it's upstairs. Yeah. Um, unless that Alex Proyas audio commentary wasn't on the DVD, I don't know. Because when I was look when I popped in the Blu-ray, I didn't see another audio commentary because the other one has the producer. The DVD has the producer and um, another guy, I think, on there. And when I popped in the the uh, the Blu-ray, it had the auto commentary from uh, from Alex. So I, unless they dropped the one commentary and put put just Alex on the Blu-ray, that could be. I don't know because I did not see it on the Blu-ray. The other audio commentary. Hey guys, we got a special coupon code for our listeners. The coupon code is RETROMEDIA, RETROMEDIA, and you can get 30% off over at 80stees.com, 80stees.com. Guys, they got t-shirts and hoodies from all kinds of different categories of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s. You got 80s movies, 80s cartoons, 80s music, superheroes. 80s TV, fantasy, wrestling, 90s movies, video games, 70s movies and TV shows, 90s TV shows, 90s cartoons, 2000s movies. You got holiday and Christmas, and this is the perfect place to spend your money on great quality apparel. And the best is you get 30% off by using our special coupon code at checkout, RetroMedia, over at 80stees.com. When you watched The Crow again, what did you? were your feelings the same? Or was it different? Or, uh, you know, what? No, no, I mean, I, mean, I, lo- I love the movie. I, hadn't, I haven't seen it in a couple of years. But uh, you know, no, it's it keeps your it keeps your attention from the very beginning. Like I said, it's just it's just I mean it's really just like a captivating movie. And like I said, the the atmosphere is uh, it's really cool. And 
you know, you as you watch it again and again and again, you, you, you catch things that you didn't catch yeah. before. And I didn't really catch anything like I missed something, but there's some really cool there's some really cool scenes like um, when he is hunting down uh, Tintin. Yeah. The guy with the knives. Mm-hmm. Remember, he's like a, he's laughing, oh, doing that crazy laugh and stuff like that. And then he just he uh, he drops off the top of that building into that garbage pile. <laughs> yeah, that's like a great that's a great like shot of him yeah. just falling down there and then just laughing. And um, the you know the whole uh, the throwing the knives back and forth, you know, type of a thing. It was it was pretty cool. There's a lot of good, a lot of good scenes in there. The only thing I didn't like is remember that part where, uh, you know, he's they're playing that Trent Reznor song and he's running across the rooftops. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's all pretty cool. But then there's a point where they do like this mat shot where, uh, you know, he's making this long jump and it looks totally, it's a totally bad special effect. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know that scene I'm talking about? Yeah, I didn't pay attention, but I'll, I'll have to. I'll have to check that out again. But for the most part, I mean, the special effects for for what there was, there wasn't a whole lot really. But yeah, they were all pretty good. There was just there was that that was the one that really stuck out in my, in my mind. Yeah, actually, I did discover something new when I watched it this time. Is I didn't realize that um, Michael Wincott's character, uh, yeah. Top Dollar, which they don't even mention his name in the movie, right. but that's his, that's his character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but his bodyguard. Is the Candyman, dude? I didn't I, realize. I didn't either. I was gonna say the same <laughs> damn thing. I was like, "Wait a minute, that's Candyman." And I, I didn't, didn't recognize him. I think because he um, he wasn't as thin, yeah, as he normally is. He looked kind of like big and stocky. Well, he had those glasses on. I, I didn't yeah. put. I didn't even put two and two together either till now. It's crazy. And I was watching the movie, and I was like, "Is that the Candyman?" I had to wait until the credits to see if that was him. Yeah, but it was. It was the Candyman. But but I I, I noticed something I never noticed uh, uh, with the cast members is T Bird is actually uh, the guy from the Warriors, one of my favorite other like kind of unknown movies. Well, it's a cult classic. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, right. But a lot of people haven't seen it, but it's, you know, a lot of people uh, love that movie, but it, you know, it came out in 79, but that's the Warriors guy, David Patrick uh Kelly. And um he had a goatee and I didn't recognize him till I was um well, I was listening to the auto commentary. He was saying, "Yeah, we knew uh David David Patrick Kelly from the Warriors. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's a Warriors guy that goes, Warriors, come out and play. Yay. <laughs> I'm like, oh shoot, man, that's right. him. But uh yeah, that was that was pretty fun. But yeah, uh pretty funny. And, and he usually and he usually plays like a creep, usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got certain actors that just they can't play anything else. They just got that look, you know. He was also in Commando. Remember? Oh, Commando! No, I don't remember, but I I love that movie. He was in Commando, um, and there was some something else that he was uh, big in. But he was like, remember in Commando, he's like, remember Sully when I said I would kill you last, and he goes, I lied, and that's him. Yeah, that was his. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, shoot, I'm gonna have to check that out. Yeah. I haven't seen it, dude, in so long. 
Yeah, I don't I don't have that one on Blu-ray. I got a DVD somewhere though. So I'll have to check that out again. Cause I, I used to love that movie. But you know, I loved all those action flicks. They were just fun movies. Yeah, I loved uh, I loved the scene with um uh David Patrick Kelly, uh T Bird, when he finally gets caught and <laughs> yeah. and he he puts him in the car. Yeah. And you know, he's duct taping him and he goes, Wait a minute. I know you, but yeah. it can't be you. He's like, you're dead. You know, he's um, yeah. he's like, you can't come back. You can't come back. And then then he starts doing that. He says that quote. He's like, and the devil stood and thought how e-, you know how horrible goodness yeah. was. That's like an awesome line. It is, yeah. You know, and uh, you know when he throws that like grenade in his lap and then puts <laughs> yeah. the car in drive and he. Yeah. And, and it's cool because as it's going down the pier, you know, Brandon kind of just gives him like the little, the little wave. Yeah. You know, and then he blows up. But and then when he uh, lights the crow, you know, where where it uh, Brandon lights it and the, it and and that big fire uh, crow, you know, yes, um, um, symbol. They actually that is actually real. They they actually explain that they cut a groove. In the, I guess, concrete or something, and then filled it with yep. like fluid or something. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, it looked good. Another thing we didn't talk about is that you know Ernie Hudson. Oh, Ernie know, Hudson, classic. Play, yeah, plays Officer Albrecht. I love him. Uh, he's yeah. a great actor, he, and he's got one of the, he's got one of those voices too. He has like the <laughs> he, he has does. the perfect voice. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, he he should be all over the place instead of uh, Morgan Freeman. Ernie Hudson has got an awesome voice, but he whenever you see him on on film, he's like man, he, he just, just looks seems like cool. he's like like a really nice, yeah, guy. nice guy. Like like yeah. you would love to, you'd love for him to be your neighbor. Hey, Ernie, how's it going? You know, and just you know, yeah, he seems like a really cool guy. Uh, and I think he did a he did a really good job in this movie. You know, because he was just like the smart ass, especially to his his yeah. de, his detective. They they uh, Alex explains that uh, he really had to kind of kind of uh, really convince Ernie about this. Remember the scene where he's in the um, his apartment and he's still he's in his underwear with his uh, well his boxers and his hat on. Yeah, he, Ernie <laughs> did not want to do that scene. He's like that scene's stupid. I don't want to do. it. <laughs> and he really yeah. had to convince him to do it, but I love that scene because yeah. you know when when Brandon goes, eh, "You still got your hat on?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's just funny, dude. There's some funny parts in the movie. You yeah, know, good lines. It, it, there's tons of good lines, especially yeah. like I said, he was arguing with his uh, supervisor, and he goes, uh, "That's blood, but you might call it graffiti." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. It's. It, it, it's uh it, yeah so one thing people might not realize that the film's not all it's dark but it's got some uh comic relief in there too with some of the kills and, and different things there's there's yeah. some funny stuff and there's another good scene with ernie and uh brandon where he he he's like you know he sees him and he's like stop and brandon's like i thought the police always said freeze <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> no. and he's like stop or you're dead and he goes you know or no he's like he goes don't move or you're dead and he goes i'm dead and yeah. i move yeah <laughs> yeah that was a great line and uh, you know my favorite 
my favorite like scene slash quote is when he finally catches up with Skank. Oh, I know Skank. And, man, he is a nut. <laughs> and uh, you know, I can rec- I can recite it, you know, because he's like, uh, it's not a good day to be a bad guy, is it, Skank? I'm not Skank. Skank's over there. Yes, yeah, Skank's dead. And he goes, eh. and he's like, you're right. And he throws his ass out the window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I go. But that, get- I, that's probably. That's probably the classic line from the movie, though. It's not a good day to be a bad guy. Yeah, that is great. Um, thinking about uh, Michael Wincott, right? Mm. He has that long hair. Yeah. I, I mean, I would almost bet, and it's probably not true, but I would almost bet that's the same wig that he wore in 1492, The Conquest of Paradise. You ever seen that? Yes, I did. And he's the long. he's got that long black hair in that yep. movie, remember? Yep. <laughs> he- I was like, is that the same wig? He's got like the perfect, I don't know, bad guy voice. Yeah, you know, that gravelly, just yes. You know, he's got an awesome voice. Yeah, and he just looks like a mean. <laughs> he does. He looks like a very mean, evil guy. He yeah. really does. And I heard, I heard he's like super nice. Another, but, uh, an, another good character was Gideon too. Gideon was funny because he yeah. was so pathetic. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And he had a lot of cool. He had a cool, uh, a lot of cool lines, too. And uh, remember when T- when Tintin's in there, and he's like, he's like leather purse. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's and uh, he just berated him. I can't think exactly what he said, but the, you know the the scene when Brandon comes to the pawn shop looking for the the, the ring, and uh, yeah. You know when he's he's like terrorizing him, and then Brandon disappears, and he's looking around. And then he comes down from the rafters and punches him in the face. Yeah, remember that? You know, you know he died too. Um, he died, uh, I believe, the same year Michael Massey died. Uh, and, and I guess we should talk about that. So Michael Massey, fun boy, the guy that you know. Did the fatal shot against Brandon? He died of, I believe, cancer. Maybe 2016. Well, let me let me make sure. Yeah, he died in 2016. And uh, I don't remember what it was. Was it cancer? Yeah, stomach cancer. That's what it was. But he never did get over that. Uh, we we should we should talk about that. I guess he was very. Very disturbed. I mean, he was, he took it very hard, which anybody would, you know. I mean, it's, uh, you know, but he never got over Brandon Lee's uh, death. Supposedly, he said he had nightmares all the way up until his death about it. Yeah. And, And I read somewhere that he never watched the movie. Wow. Isn't that something? Hey guys, do you like Star Wars, Funko, Marvel Legends, McFarlane Toys, Legos? Then I got a special coupon code to save 10% over at Entertainment Earth. Use my special coupon code CRAZETV with a K. K R A Z E T V to get 10% off at EntertainmentEarth.com. EntertainmentEarth.com with coupon code Craze TV with a K to save ten percent. 
have you heard of actors that will not watch their their films? I have. And yeah, I can't. I can't amazing. think of anything. But yeah, I think. Uh, I, well, I could be wrong on this. I know. One. I know. Shatner says he doesn't watch any of his stuff. I thought Johnny Depp said he don't watch his either. But I I could be wrong on that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Who I mean, doesn't? really. I mean, really, though. I mean, do you really want to watch your own movies? It seems kind of like yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah, I want to learn. Like, hey, you know, do, do I look it's better like, than know, I thought on there? You know. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe you 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 skim through it. Uh, I mean, well, I guess generally actors do go to the premiere, right? Mm-hmm. So they do see the movie at least once. But are they sitting there at at home and and just popping in the DVDs constantly and rewatching their work? I, I don't know about that. Oh. I mean, it's even like a lot of musicians don't even listen to their own music. Yeah, true. Yeah, I guess Johnny Depp does say he doesn't want... I can't stand watching myself. If you're not in it, you should see it, Depp said chucklingly. But yeah, he doesn't watch his own movies, I guess. That's weird to me. I'd at least watch... Because you can't... You probably can't tell how it's going to turn out, you know, when you're there. Like, eh, this movie probably doesn't make sense if you're filming all these, you know, out of order sequences and, 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 you know, in front of a, a blue or green screen. And it's like, I want to see what happens, you know? I want to see what it looks like. Right. It's just strange. Oh, it looks like uh, Johnny Depp ran out of his Pirates premiere, has only watched one film since. <laughs> So he's he's watched one film since Pirates. <laughs> oh gosh, that's weird. But well, anyway, he's a weird he's a weird dude. I know, know he got weird. I don't know what's wrong with him. But do you think? Do you, you, I do you like he, his cologne. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even know he had a cologne. Yeah, but, it's but did really you did, good. did you say that he got weird? That guy has been weird from day one. You think think so? Way back in I the mean, day. I mean. Think of all the movies he made. They're all these weird movies. Everything from Cry Baby to Edward Scissorhands to well, those I mean, are. I'm talking way back when he was in the, you know, uh, that high school series. Twenty Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. that was like his break, and then right. you know, but I, I think no, he was, I guess, semi normal. But he was written that way. But then he only seeks out like weird movies. You know what I mean? I mean, I think about it. He hasn't done like a normal movie. He's, he's done Willy Wonka and all these weird uh, oddball movies. I think the only movie that I remember him making like normal is that one where he made with Angelina Jolie. Angelina Jolie. Uh, well, uh, Nightmare on Elm like Street. A, he was. He was. That was his first film, right? Yeah, he didn't have much of a role in there, no, though. But I mean, right? He stabbed in bed or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, what was that? Well, Nick of Time, that was kind of all right. That was a semi-normal one. Christopher Walken. Time yeah, whenever he does a normal movie, I don't think they do good. Yeah. I think people are expecting... You know, he made Dead Man. You ever seen Dead Man, that black and white one where he's like a... Uh-uh. He's I never like, saw that one. No, no, it's it's actually it. pretty good. It's weird, but it, but it's weird. You know what I mean? Wasn't that From Hell about Jack the Ripper? I've never yeah. seen that. Was that any good? 
It's pretty good. It's like, but it's another weird one. Yeah. You know, it's it's like a it's a it's something typical that you would expect him to be in. I did see Blow. That he was, was in Sleepy of... Hollow too. Yeah, I I never saw the whole thing. It's pretty good. Sleepy okay. Hollow and uh, what's the other one you just said? The other horror Blow? movie, the the Ripper one. That was pretty oh, yeah, good from yeah. And then Blow, when that is big, uh, he got rated for something on that. I thought. Uh, yeah, that was a pretty big hit. Yeah, that was pretty big. Oh, Once a Time in, in Mexico. That was a good movie. Remember that one? Yeah, wasn't Antonio Banderas in that one, too? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. More of a... I just don't really take him serious, like as a serious role. I, you know, I'm just so used to him being well, in quirky, quirky roles. Yeah, I think when he gets with Tim Burton, he does weird roles. And he loves Johnny Depp. No, No doubt about it. Um, Johnny Depp was in that Public Enemies. I forgot about that one. That actually, that was a normal movie, and that was real. That was really good. I just watched that not too long ago. That's yeah. a really good movie. He did a really good job in that. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, it seems like all his weird movies, like, um, oh, you said uh, Edward Scissorhands, and uh, what was the other ones? Uh, really, like odd movies. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, and those are all Tim Burton. Yeah. And, uh, well, I don't know. Finding Neverland. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, that one's pretty good. Um, it's about the guy that writes Peter Pan. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I guess he has made a few normal movies. It's just that they're just overshadowed by all the weird ones. Yeah. Like Corpse Bride, he was in that one, which I haven't seen, but I well, don't it's. Know. It's like an anime, yeah. animated type movie. So I guess does that, does that really count? I don't know. Oh look, Sweeney Todd, Sweeney, Tim, yeah, that was Tim Burton. So he's been a lot. Oh, that Terry Gilliam, the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. I don't know how you say that, but that guy Terry Gilliam, he's kind of a weird director. Alice in Wonderland, another Tim Burton. So he's been a shitload of Tim Burton movies. Dark Shadows, Tim Burton. So him and Tim Burton got like something going on. So it it looks like um, the girl, and we we had talked about it, um, but uh, the young girl. Yeah, you know she. Yeah, you're you're right. She had she had to return to the set in order to film that last scene with a body double, and then after that she didn't appear in another film until 2009. Whoa, and pretty much. It looks like all of the movies she's in are almost like horror type movies. Really? Huh. Yeah. So I wonder if that had something to do with her doing those type of movies. Maybe yeah. she's like was affected by death or something. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the, this movie, like like I said, after after it came out and uh, it was really successful. You know, then they it spawned a lot of sequels, and the it, second one wasn't bad. It was okay. Stairway to Heaven, I think, or something. No, like City that. of Angels. Oh, City of Angels. That's right. Not that one was okay. What am I? Where Where did I get Stairway from Heaven? Was that a, a show, TV show, maybe? No, well, there was one with Edward Furlong in it too. That one was absolutely horrible. Oh God, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even try that. You know, whenever I saw the sequels, like a, a crow coming out and they had short hair, I would not. <laughs> I would never give it a chance. But the second guy, I mean, he didn't have long hair, but it was it was like to his chin. 
Well, that's fine. Whatever. You know, I mean, just I just can't do short was, hair crow. But he was pretty much an unknown, almost Vincent Perez. But it wasn't too bad. I remember Iggy Pop was in it, and uh, um, Thomas Jane was in it. it. It was pretty good. But yeah, it went. I mean, no, nothing, nothing can top the original. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just one of those movies that you just can't. You can't make a sequel. You just can't. Maybe someday they'll redo the story in like big budget and redo the Brandon Lee movie. Mm. Maybe. Yeah. You know the thing about it is, is that I was thinking about it. The, the story is nothing new, right? This story's no. been told a million times, right? Right, right. They, somebody, somebody's loved one, you know, gets killed, and this person goes out back and kills them. Yeah, you know, <laughs> vengeance this, stories. <laughs> this, this just has a little bit of a supernatural, yeah, to it. But right. I mean, it's the same thing. It's like Death Wish. It's like The Unforgiven. It's like yeah. all these movies where somebody gets killed, and you know, I'm going to go out mm-hmm. now. I'm going to go out and just hunt you down and murder you. you yeah. Know, so, uh, but I like those stories. You know, I, yeah, I, I, I do like vigilante type stories and um vengeance stories i mean i think we all do because when something bad happens you know you love to watch a movie where somebody gets it in the end yeah (laughs) that you hate i always remember uh being a kid and hearing about uh you know the accident on the twilight zone movie set yes the helicopter guy yeah, yeah where vic morrow and those two kids basically get beheaded yeah by the chopper ah that was unbelievable and uh yeah so i mean you know there's been a lot of tragedies on sets you know but um and there always will be you know what i mean it's just whenever you have humans responsible for duties there's always going to be somebody that slacks off that rushes doesn't no doesn't follow procedure a hundred percent and yeah, I mean it's going to happen. It's 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 always going to happen. As much as we say, oh, you know, people yeah. are going to learn, and it's not going to happen. And the you know the movie industry is going to institute these. Po- no, there's always going to be accidents. It's just always going to happen. You would never have thought that would be repeated after what happened on the Crow, and then that happens with uh, Baldwin, and it's like, how could they be so stupid? And me as an actor. I mean, if I was an actor and I knew I'm going to be in a scene where somebody, somebody's going to be pointing a gun in, in my direction, I'm going to be like, "Listen, before we film this scene, let me check this gun." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to make sure, you know, hey, I'm going to watch you physically check this gun. I'm going to make sure you're going to put something through the board and make sure there's no projectile in there. And you know what I mean? I'm going to. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? I know. Even though I take a multivitamin, I also like to take superfoods. And the best superfood I found on the market that tastes just amazing is Brickhouse Nutrition Field of Greens. Real organic superfood. One scoop of Field of Greens gives you the full spectrum of colors with fruits, veggies, herbs, spices, and more. Helps with your overall well-being by aiding in antioxidation, lipid metabolism and glucose metabolism since field of greens is made from real foods it's technically not a supplement this is just pure whole foods guys and you can get a discount right now by using coupon code healthy life just plug that coupon healthy life 
before checkout in the coupon section and get our exclusive discount. You have to try Field of Greens from BrickHouseNutrition.com. You know, we never we never discussed, well, we kind of did, but not really. Yeah. So do you think that the movie would be as popular and as widely loved if he had not died? Do you know what I mean? Do you think do you think it would still be held in the regard that it is? You know, because there's a lot of times like when a celebrity dies, you know, like when any Van Halen died, you know, the record sales for Van Halen were like, you know, top right. of the charts again. You know, uh, Kurt Cobain dies, right? And then Nirvana's like, you know, immortalized. Oh, that they're such a great band when but they really weren't that great a band. But I but you know what I mean? So sometimes when uh, somebody dies like that, it pushes things oh, to a, yes. to a level level that sometimes isn't accurate right 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 you right. know what i mean i mean you can't watch the movie without the whole time you're thinking, thinking about, about brandon lee that yeah. he died you know yeah. he died in this movie with his death it pushes the crow to a whole new level and it should because that's that was his last picture that was his breakout role of course that pushed it to a whole new level but I think it's still a great film. But yeah, with him dying, it just makes it. Look, dude, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have a tear in my eye at the end of the crow, if he's still alive, right? You know, uh, right, right. Because I literally get choked up. So in the end, when he when he meets with his fiance, in the end, in the supernatural realm, I, you know, my mind's going. I'm like, gosh, that is just. That is just a powerful ending, and it chokes me up because knowing that he really is gone on to the uh, afterlife, so right. it just it just really amplifies the film for sure. Wait, wh when did you watch the movie last night? Yeah, I watched the movie last night. Did you watch it by yourself? Yeah, yeah, but it's, yeah. Yeah, I, I did the auto commentary. Did you did you have a box of tissues next to you? No, I mean the, with the audio commentary, I didn't get choked up on that one because you know it, you don't get the whole full right uh, music experience and all that stuff. But I watched it not too long ago, maybe a few months ago, and I st and I got choked up. Yeah, I did. You know, I didn't cry like a baby, but I, I had a tear in my eye going, gosh, man, that was powerful, <laughs> you know? Right, right. <laughs> and uh, I watched uh, the interview again last night on the special features. I also watched that, and that kind of choked me up a little bit. You know, you, just, got, you, got, you got a little moist in your eye area? Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a sensitive guy, dude. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> hey, I cry all the time. <laughs> When uh, I watch uh, Saving Private Ryan, and I cry oh, during yeah. For I cry during Forrest Gump. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, hey, you know, it's good. It's good to have uh, emotion at least. Yeah, I know people that that you know, they never cried uh, during any movie. You know, or it's just like, are you crying? You know, I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah you know, that means I got a soul, right? Yeah, I, I, I remember <laughs> I went to, uh, I went to opening weekend, uh, opening day for Saving Private Ryan. I couldn't wait to go see it, and I remember, 
I, I went I went and watched it and you know at the end you know at the very end of the movie where he's an old man and he's at the cemetery oh yeah and he's like am I a good man you know yeah and I, I started crying and my girlfriend looks at me she's like don't start crying in the movie theater <laughs> well, well I'll <laughs> I'll watch some movies alone because I don't want to get caught crying yeah I went and saw I went and saw um, last time or um uh, the Passion of, of the Christ, right? Yeah. And yeah, oh my sure, gosh, sure enough, dude, dude it was like waterworks. And of course, yeah. you know, I, I sat in a row by myself, and I was sitting there looking, making sure nobody was <laughs> seeing me cry. Yeah, yeah, I would have to wear sunglasses on that one. I say I'm putting the sunglasses on when I walk out of this theater. Now I'm, I'm admitting this on a podcast. So uh, I watched The Notebook by myself with uh, headphones and. Uh, uh, did you ever see that movie? Yeah, my, my wife forced me to watch it one year. Uh, now we watch it every year on our anniversary. That's like okay. my thing to please her. Yeah. Okay, all right. Well, I, 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 I cried like a baby on that one. <laughs> I, I, I mean, the, the tears just kept coming down my face. And I was oh, like, oh, so, man, oh, oh I'm going to get caught. <laughs> so so what, what part of that movie made you cry? I'm just curious. I... The part when she was basically when you find out that he's, you know, James Gardner is the guy, and yeah. the lady's his wife, and she's got dementia, and she yeah, doesn't know who just, the hell she it, is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, the, the the movie's just, you know, I don't know, it hit me hard. Have you ever watched it with your girlfriend? No. You've never watched it with your girlfriend? No, I watched has it by she, myself. Has she ever seen the movie? No. no. She's never seen the movie? No. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean, that's usually usually every woman uh, that you ever talk to. Right. They're like, "Oh my God, I love the Notebook. It's one of my favorite yeah. movies." And I tell you another movie I I cried at. Uh, uh, what was that? What's that? Um, Race for Your Life, Charlie Brown. No, <laughs> no. What's that song, man? That uh, oh man, what's that? What's that Mercy Me song? Uh, oh, if I could only imagine. Oh yeah, dude, I cried like a baby on that one. That was a hard one. That was yeah, a hard a, one. That was a good movie. You know what's kooky about that is that I I didn't like. I just couldn't listen to the songs. I don't like that kind of music. Right. You know what I mean? Right, my right. wife, my wife's like, oh, I love the song. You got to listen to it. I'm like, I don't want to listen to it. I don't like that kind of music. You know? Mm-hmm. And then we got we got the movie on on Blu-ray. Yeah. As a gift, and I watched it, and I said, like, well, this is a really good movie. And now, like. I secretly will play the song in my car, and yeah. and and literally I'll cry every yeah. time I hear the song. I I, I, I I know, I know. I can't I can't listen to the song unless I want to tear up and uh, have yeah. an emotional response because that song is moving. It is a moving song. It is. It is. And so you know, we've revealed to the audience that uh, yeah, you know, we got we're, sense of side, sense of side, and <laughs> and uh, you know, yeah, we're I I guess you know. Big babies, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. I'm glad I'm, you're. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one that cried to it. Uh, oh, dude. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I put that song on. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm tearing up. <laughs> yeah, tearing I, up. I know. I, you know, I gotta what? make sure. I gotta make sure I have no tears on when I when I pull in the drive. You know, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many tears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Yeah, I, I cry every time I watch Superman too. Yeah, well, yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, I cried during that, and you know what? I always found found it was um, uh, 
I, I always thought it was hilarious. My my mom was a huge Star Trek fan, if you can believe it or not. Oh wow! And and Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan, where where <laughs> where Mister Spock dies oh, in that yeah, radiation yeah, chamber. Yeah. My mom would sit there like a blubbering idiot when <laughs> really <laughs> when Mister Spock would die. Yeah. Oh wow! So it's great. It's crazy what you know. Certain things and certain movies will make people cry. Yeah, I know it is. We really appreciate you checking out this podcast. Uh, Go watch The Crow. Awesome movie. Check us out on all the platforms. I know we're on a few more platforms now, so we're on the staple ones like uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music. um, Tinder. Yeah, Tinder again. (laughs) You bastard. (laughs) I knew you were going to do that. Red Circle, Anchor FM, we're on Stitcher, we're on uh, and YouTube under Craze TV with a K. We are moving into October, so needless to say, we're going to be doing some Holly. themed movies, yeah, <laughs> for the month of October. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next time. Hasta la vista. All right, guys, I just want to leave you with this. Robert Zuckerman, who was the key photographer and still photographer on The Crow, wrote a poem expressing his feelings about Brandon Lee's death that I want to read to you now. And he has left us, yet in his absence, his presence is and shall be stronger than ever. For he is everywhere now, and he is inside of us. We who witness the brilliance of his flame ring the plains of starry dawns. We who stand in the pure reign of his divine and noble spirit are now its blessed, honored keepers. Within and through us, he shall live on, and our lives shall ever be enriched by him in ways wondrous and untold. Fly high, dear friend. Because we do not know when we will die, we get to think of life as an inexhaustible well. And yet everything happens only a certain number of times, and a very small number, really. How many more times will you remember a certain afternoon of your childhood, an afternoon that is so deeply a part of your being that you can't even conceive of your life without it? Perhaps four or five times more? Perhaps not even that. How many more times will you watch the full moon rise? perhaps 20, and yet it all seems limitless.